back to the Hemingway List podcast for book 13, chapter 4. It's going to be a quick one tonight. It's a really short chapter. And uh, I'm going to get this thing done. Once again, Tolstoy shows us a juxtaposition with some of the aristocrats enjoying a ball when a battle is about to begin. Why do you think he chose to have this in there? Do you think he is trying to say something about aristocracy? Do you think Yermolov was avoiding the officer? intentionally. I do think Yermolov was trying to make himself scarce. Ripster66 says, Yermolov is attending a ball that he didn't tell many people about and it's outside their lines. Yep, he's purposely being hard to find. A bunch of aristocrats sneaking off to make a bit of trouble up the line might as well throw themselves a party, is what aristocrats know how to do best. They'll get some music, wine and food and make a party of it. Stephen Foxbat says, where the F is Yermolov? Twisted Every Way says, I imagine the Russians are getting bored now. And of course, they want to party. And FDLP1 says, hiding in plain sight, looking forward to see how that fur lands. Um, oh, and there's a spam. There's a spam message. I'm going to remove it, but <laughs> it's talking about healing a youtube channel to subscribe to for healing active healing that sounds very very creepy spam remove cool um well, that's a first <laughs> i gonna have random spam messages from like a healing thing I had the weirdest... Oh, my God. Has anyone else been having just so much kind of, like, scam stuff thrown at you through COVID? It's like everyone is, um, you know, locked in with... Can't go to work or whatever, so they're just scamming it up. Like, I just get all these SMSs and calls from, like, scam numbers constantly. My phone is always, like, filtered out some spam for you. Um, By SMS, by phone call, by... Everything, but the one I got last night was so weird. It was a, definitely a first. It was um, via um, Google Drive. So I use Google Drive to, you know, well, for documents and for shared documents and to send files around back and forth. But some, it was like I was mentioned in a drive in a document. So, like, you start a Google document, which is like a Word document, but you can, I guess, tag emails in it. And if you tag someone in a document, they will get an e or like a, um, not an email, but a notification on their phone via Google Drive saying you've been tagged in this document. And the notification has in it the sort of body text of that tag. Right, so I've never really been tagged in a Google Drive file before, but my phone was like ding. I'm like, oh, that's a weird one. But then when I scrolled down my, like, pull down my notification bar, it had like, you know, hot female, <laughs> like, looking for local men from insert area, uh, and this whole like spiel about like, you know, looking for hot singles or whatever, via Google Drive's tag function. But I guess it's such an obscure way to send a message to someone's phone that it kind of slipped through the radar of 
you know, Google or whoever that like, well, if you just tag someone, they'll get a push notification with the whole text straight to the notification bar of their phone. Uh, so it was really bizarre. And then of course, you know, that probably went out to a million different emails that they've just pulled off a list. So Google also hasn't capped the amount of emails it can go out to by the looks of things. Anyway, really weird. That was a new one as well, but they're getting more and more creative with ways to like push spam and scam messages through to your phone. Let's read chapter 5, because I don't even know how I got on that rant. Uh, next day, the decrepit Kutuzov, having given orders to be called early, said his prayers dressed and with an unpleasant consciousness of having to direct a battle he did not approve of, got into his Kalish and drove from Latoshka a village three and a half miles from Tarotino, to the place where the attacking columns were to meet. He sat in the caliche, dozing and waking up by turns, and listening for any sound of firing on the right as an indication that the action had begun, but all was quiet. A damp, dull autumn morning was dawning. On approaching Tarotino, Kutuzov noticed cavalrymen leading their horses to water across the road along which he was driving. Kutuzov looked at them searchingly, stopped his carriage, and inquired what regiment they belonged to. They belonged to a column that should have been far in front, and in ambush long before then. It may be a mistake, thought the old commander-in-chief. But a little further on, he saw infantry regiments with their arms piled, and soldiers only partly dressed, eating their rye porridge and carrying fuel. He sent for an officer. The officer reported that no order to advance had been received. How not for... Kutuzov began, but checked himself immediately and sent for a senior officer. Getting out of his caliche, he waited with drooping head and breathing heavily, pacing silently up and down, when Ikhen, the officer of the general staff whom he had summoned, appeared. Kutuzov went purple in the face, not because that officer was to blame for the mistake, but because he was an object of sufficient importance for him to vent his wrath on. Trembling and panting, the old man fell into that state of fury in which he sometimes used to roll on the ground, and he fell upon Erkin, threatening him with his hands, shouting and loading him with gross abuse. Another man, Captain Brozin, who happened to turn up and who was not at all to blame, suffered the same fate. "'What sort of another blackguard are you?' "'I'll have you shot, scoundrels,' yelled Kutuzov in a hoarse voice, waving his arms and reeling." He was suffering physically. He, the commander-in-chief, a serene highness who everybody said possessed powers such as no man had ever had in Russia, to be placed in this position, made the laughing stock of the whole army. I needn't have been in such a hurry to pray about today, or have kept awake thinking everything over all night, thought he to himself. When I was a chit of an officer, no one would have dared to mock me, so now... He was in a state of physical suffering as if from corporal punishment and could not avoid expressing it by cries of anger and distress. But his strength soon began to fail him and looking about him, conscious of having said much that was amiss, he again got into his caliche and drove back in silence. <clears throat> Excuse me. His wrath, once expended, did not return and blinking feebly he listened to excuses and self-justifications. Ermolov did not come to see him till the next day and to the insistence of Benigsen, Konovnitsyn, and Toll, that the movement that had miscarried should be executed next day. 
and once more Kutuzov had to consent. Alright, there we go. That's that chapter. Short and sweet. Thanks for listening. I'll see you tomorrow.